Welcome to the GSP, the Gopal and Shaljin podcast. My name's Gopal, and here with my co-host, Shaljin. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Shaljin? It is a Saturday morning. I'm doing well, my friend. I know, right? It's a nice, sunny Saturday. Well, it was sunny, but I think it's a great day today, so... Um, Better than the rest of the week. Yeah, the whole week was kind of crummy, right? Bad weather, you know. But, uh, like, it gave us time to watch some sports, some NBA finals, some hockey, you know, Euro Cup. Uh, yeah, made us stay inside and watch some sports. So, can't complain as much. Um, but, yeah, we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we have... An assortment of lots topics. To talk about. Yeah, lots of topics to discuss and I'll go over. Um, and yeah, we'll get it going, get it started. Uh, for our first topic for today is the Stanley Cup playoffs 2021. Um, an end of a, a crazy season, right? From a unique, a unique season, right? It was like a hybrid type of season with no, like the four divisions, like separated by geography. And, you know, and it gave an, I guess, another route for a team to have a championship, right? It's just a weird, I guess, weird, unique season. Yeah, the best, best way to put it, right? Um, and it ended off with the Montreal Canadiens playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, the Montreal Canadiens with their miracle run, um, grinding their way through, well, well, like the North Division, and then going against uh, Vegas in the conference or semifinals, and then eventually leading to the Lightning. Um, they, yep. Go ahead and try. You yeah. say something. Yeah. Honestly, man, like um, say what you will about the North Division and Montreal coming out of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I had to show a little bit of respect when they beat Vegas because that was a legitimate team uh, and they still won that series. Uh, and then, you know, they were outmatched against Tampa. Uh, matchups and just just top to bottom, man, that team is ridiculous. So uh, I, I don't think there's many teams that can match up with them right now. But I do believe that, you know, if uh, Colorado or Vegas had gotten through to face them, it would have been a more entertaining series, I believe. But at the end of the day, I think the outcome would have been the same. I agree with you on that one. I think Tampa Tampa Bay has, I guess, one of the most complete teams based on the rule of the injured reserve, the Kucherov coming back, and they have their four defense defenseman matchup with Montreal's big four. It's just like a complete team. Um, yeah, like one of the strongest points of Montreal was their defense, and they ran into a team that equal if not superior uh, and um, th- that makes all the difference man and then you have Vasilevsky at the back end um, I did really did, was not aware of uh, the whole he closed out five series in a row with a shutout that yep. is crazy that is a crazy stat line like um, like yeah they were evenly matching go- like I would say you maybe above Carey Price because he was just on on one, right? He was he was a better goalie this series. Uh, yeah. Better goalie, but also a, a better team in front of him. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's like less, 
less chances coming at him compared to what Price did. At the end of the day, he still had to make the saves. But yeah, yeah like Vasilevsky is, is like really in the prime of his career right now. Carey Price is on, you know, the back end of his prime, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a little bit out of it. So that being said, like we cannot, I know Carey Price did not have the greatest series, but uh, they're not in the finals without Carey Price. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not going to take that away. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, glad Price, he, I'm glad he got to the finals. Yes. He, Carey Price took out, uh, the Leeds took out the Jets, like, and Vegas Knights. Like, and most importantly, Vegas. Like, yeah. he was huge. Yeah. He was huge in all those series. And, you know, you're going to come up short against a better team sometimes. Like, not his at his fault, his team was not as well constructed as Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So, um. Yeah, like, also another fact was once Montreal won that game four and they celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup, I knew Tampa Bay would win because I think the crazy stat is Tampa Bay has never lost after back-to-back a, a back-to-back the, loss, right? Correct. So I think there's yeah, like 16 the now. In the last two years. Yeah. That's, so that's ridiculous, by the way. A, so like every time they lose in the playoffs, they come back and they win the next game. Like that's wild. Right? So... Yeah, once it went up 3-0, yeah, they're going to give you the, you know, that gimme game for the fans and everything. I felt like Montreal was going to get one. Um, but a little bit of me thought, you know, Montreal could come back. But, you know, that's just because of our poor Leaf fans and we're like, you know, maybe the Canadians would come back. You know, they had like a team of destiny, but Tampa Bay just ended it. <laughs> there was no room for that. You know, the only, I don't know if you uh, heard the mayor. Um, she was like, I, you know, I really want um, uh, Tampa to uh, let Montreal win the fourth game so we can celebrate at home. Like, that's some dumb shit, shit to say. I'm sorry to say it, but, yeah. like, the superior team was going to win, and that was what's going to happen. Like, they might let their guard down. And game, even still, bro, game four went to overtime. Like, it wasn't like Montreal walked all over him. They, they, they snuck one yeah. out in overtime. They did. Uh, and, then, and then they lost one in game five. So, um Good on Tampa, man. It's just interesting um, because, you know, the first title was in the bubble and then second title was this one. Still still not your typical season. Uh, and now the team will not be able to run back the same way that it's been constructed the last two years. So um, we'll see what happens next year. But, I mean, just the talent that they've got locked down, they're going to be a contender no matter what. Yeah, definitely. And, like, Obviously, you're not going to come back with the same roster, but they have a blueprint of winning. Like, it's in their DNA now. Like, two years in a row, like, you're not losing everybody. Um, and what's the point of, like, drafting is, like, you have to rebuild, re- replenish your team, right? So they know what players they have to look for, right, um, within free agency and the draft. And I think they'll be fine next year. I think they'll, they'll be a top three team if they go back to the old structure, playoff structure. I'm not sure what they're doing next year. I think they are, right? Oh, we're going back to normal. We're going totally back to normal. Um, uh, three teams in a wild card. Uh, yeah, exactly. So top three in the division, and then two wild card teams. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and our our division is is terrifying, actually. Like Boston, it always feels like they're going to fall off, and then they don't. Uh, Florida legitimately has a team now, so they're going to be there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so our, I mean, our division, it's it's going to be a crapshoot next year as well. Um. We'll see how it plays out. But Florida's got a legitimate team. Tampa's going to be there. Boston is Boston. Toronto. 
Um, so, you know, Montreal Cup finalists this year, we'll see if they even make the playoffs next year. I mean, a lot of the offseason has to still play out, so we'll see what the rosters look like, but I still believe that uh, the top four teams in that division will be Tampa, Florida, Toronto, and Boston. Yep, I agree with you on that. I think, but I'm pretty sure Tampa will be back. I, I Like, Montreal is, I don't know, it's a tough situation when you're in charge of a team like that when you come on a miracle run because you don't have, like, a core, right? Like, you didn't build with this core. You made some, I guess, changes. Like, it wasn't like a win it or, like, was it boomer bust year? So, um, I don't know what they're going to do in free agency because they're pretty locked in with some, uh, with their team, right? With Shea Weber, Carey Price. Um, who else? Gallagher, I believe. Yeah, even Anderson. Anderson signed for, yeah. uh, Josh Anderson signed for five. Like, that's a bad contract. But, um, yeah. So their flexibility they, is tough. Like, yeah. this is, it. This is what they are. It, this is what they are, correct. So, um, yeah, I, I'll, I don't know what they're going to do. But I want to also point out that Kuch, Kucherov had a great line. I think you heard it on his post game remarks. Like, legendary post game like, conference. Like a legendary post case. I love that. You know, that attitude is like, we knew we we're going to win, right? We knew they were the inferior team. Like he just said it, like right after he's like, they, those guys celebrated like they're going to win, like they won the Stanley Cup after one game, right? Like I, he, I loved it. Like, like yeah, yeah, go ahead. We need more of that in the NHL, okay? We, we need less of pucks in deep and more of people actually telling us how they actually feel. You know, we need some personality. That was legendary. Yo, Cooch called the asked for a beer, and this guy Steve brought it two beers to him, and he's like, What's your name? He's like, oh, Yeah, the NHL needs more personalities like that. Um, it's it was so awesome to see somebody just tell tell us what they're actually feeling for once. You know what I'm saying? It was genuine. It was pure emotion. He was happy having a good time and just telling us how he felt. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That is in my top five favorite post-game press conferences of all time. I agree with you. And you know what? It's kind of like indicative of the NHL. It's like these Russian players, these European players usually have these type of post-game conferences because yep. I feel like the North American-born players are really like trying to be proper and trying to you know, keep that uphold that, you know, the good boy. Say Canadian, the right thing. Say the right oh, thing. Shit. Don Cherry type, you know, be a good man, yeah. dress like this, you know, wear a suit and like all that type of stuff. But like, you need some type of personality in your game if you want to grow that NHL game with, I guess, you know, if you like diversity in general, like if you want to bring in people of different colors into your game, you have to show some type of personality. Because right now it just seems like, you know, it's only for the proper uh, North American-born players. Um, and, that's the, and they feel like that's the right way of playing, like of demeanor. Um, yeah. Agreed, but you know it's all nonsense because if you if you read Crosby's lips on the ice, if you read Tavares's lips on the ice, they are cursing. They're actually yeah. have personalities, but when it comes to a microphone, oh, you know, we uh, put the box in deep and the boys played hard and uh, it was a great team effort. I don't want to hear that shit. Tell me what you're actually thinking, man. Like, tell me what you're actually thinking. You want to get people eyes on the product. You mm-hmm. need some personality. It's not. It's we're we're in the entertainment business. Understand that. Yeah. What's the NBA good at, man? NBA Twitter is just as good as the actual games. Yeah. NHL is not like that at all. Yeah. NHL Twitter is no store background storylines or like, you know, 
um, there's no uh, what's it called like those uh, dead spin yeah like, talking shit none of that they're like oh he's a great player yeah he's a great player like no yeah. I want to know if you think he's you're a better player than not that guy correct right? exactly and I want you to own up to your mistakes I'll own up to like you know we had a good team blah 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 we should have won blah 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 whatever like just I don't know. I, I'm here. I'm you know, tired you know, you know, of generality. You always took it on the chin, man. Like you know who my favorite player is, Ovi. Ovi always, and they always, and they hated on him always. for that. They, they always they hated did. on him for his personality. Bro, if Ovi was, if Ovi was Canadian, there would be no discussion about who was more popular, Ovi or Crosby. Listen, if they were both Canadian, Crosby, uh, Ovi would be getting way more love. Okay, but he's not. He's Russian, so they crap all over him all the time. I'm so glad that he got one, but even without that one, my guy is a legend. The greatest goal scorer of all time. I will say that with absolute conviction. I'll tell you why, because he put up goals in an era when goal scoring was down. Yeah. He put up 50 goals. There's three men in the history of the NHL, Mike Bossy, Wayne Gretzky, and my boy Ovi that put 50 goals up eight times in their career. It would be more if he didn't have two uh, season and a half loss to um, things that were completely out of his control. If he had those seasons, he'd be. We wouldn't be talking about if he passes. Um, sorry, uh, Gretzky? Gretzky for eight hundred ninety-two goals. It would be when he passes him. Now it's a question of if, and time is running out. I don't think he's going to do it. But if if he had all the games he should have played, man, that guy's a hundred percent going to be at the top of the list in terms of actual numbers. But to me, in terms of pure goal scoring ability, Alexander mm-hmm. Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer of all time. I'm just going to say that. I can go agree with you on that. Um, and he still has, he has 730 right now. A goals. He's what? Seven. Yeah. He needs to play. I say he has four or five years left in him. He'd have to pull a Yager, but, like go deep into his 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Deep in 40s to actually to. do it. But, it depends but, on what he wants to do, right? Like, I don't. I listen. He got his title, bro. He's he's a god in Washington. Yeah. Um. I don't see him like. I don't see him letting letting him get to a point where it's like all he does is show up on the power play, sit in his wheelhouse, and fucking let that uh that, that shot one yeah. time ago. Like I don't yeah. see him doing that. Yeah. Um. He's gonna want to be dominant, so that's okay. But like in his time, like he's amazing. Um. So. I don't even know how we got to Ovi, but I'm I'm glad I got to speak about it. That's my boy, right there. <laughs> well, that's what happened on the show, right? We're gonna uh, <laughs> we go off on tangents sometimes, right? Um, so yeah, the season, the NHL season is over. Um, and I think uh, yeah, Tampa Bay has a chance of going to three peat heading into next season. We'll see if they do it, right? If on a on a legit schedule, right? A legit core, like. Yeah, legit pathway to the finals, right? So we'll see. That's the storyline going into the season and see how, how they fare. Um, Montreal is going to come back. We'll see what they do with their team. And, you know, obviously our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs have another year. Um, so, you know, we're the, we have the longest drought in, I think, professional sports now. I think it happened over the Stanley Cup finals, like the most officially, days. Officially. Yes. So, and yeah, it's a big summer for our beloved Maple Leafs, and we just got to hope, right? <laughs> As any Leaf fan. Um, I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going <laughs> to any confidence that I showed six weeks ago. I'm no. done with that. All right, so we just got to see what Dub- Dubis does, and 
hopefully it benefits. Um, but yeah, that's the closure of the NHL season. Um, it started off with COVID protocols, ended up with fans in the stadiums, and it looks like we're going back to nor- uh, a normality, right? So, 100%. So that's great news, and hopefully we can start traveling again. So keep that in mind. Uh, we go see our buds in different cities across. And also the news. It's the only affordable way to go see the buds. Yes. So in that's other a, cities. That's a tip from our show. If you want to go see the Leafs, go do a road trip elsewhere. to Buffalo or go elsewhere. Ottawa, if, anywhere. Oh, and yeah, if you want to like right near the ring seats, go to Florida or go anywhere on the Southern Belt. Correct. Correct. All right. But my preference would be like, you know, if you want to have some fun, go to Vegas. I think that's a good show. Or Nashville. But yo, Vegas, um, so their ticket pricing is, is not especially, so they're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, they know when Toronto's in town or Montreal's in town. Oh, they do that. Uh, that's a pre- they know premium people are game. In. Correct, <laughs> yeah. correct. They jack up those prices. I'm so all, that's smart on them. They put on a show though, man. They put yeah. on a show there. I would like to experience that one time. All right. So, um, yeah, that's a closure on the NHL season. And yeah, we'll be back on season two to talk about those. Uh, uh, events all right so moving on um we are going to go to another major professional sport in the big four i would say um the national basketball association we have our two competitors the phoenix suns who finally reached their i think second nba finals and the milwaukee bucks who come back to the finals since uh the last time they won it with lou alcindor Right, way back in the day, yeah. way back in the day, 1969. Right, so is a NBA Finals because you have two small market teams. Chris Paul finally getting to his first NBA Finals after a 16-year career, and Giannis finally breaking through, um, getting to the finals with the help of his supporting cast. Um, now you can get a start on this one, um, Shia. Uh, what well, thoughts on the first two games? That, uh... Supporting cast, man. Yes, they've definitely been a part of them getting there. But if you're gonna have uh, Drew Holiday and, and Middleton shooting like five of twenty, um, it's gonna be extremely difficult for Milwaukee to win. Giannis did what more can that guy have done in Game Two? Not much, and he's not even a hundred percent. Like how Drew Holiday, bro. What bothered me about Drew Holiday was they were not mid-range jumpers or contested shots. They were layups that he was missing, man. He was yep. getting to the bucket. He was being his defender, and he was not. He's bricking gimmies. So that's not going to work. That's unacceptable. That's not conducive to winning, especially when he's somebody that's dependent on for offense. I Because le- after game one, he said he needed to be more uh, aggressive from the jump. So it was good. I, I was happy that he was taking shots. But then at the, I looked at his numbers at the, at the end of the first quarter, three of 12. Okay, that's not helping anybody. Unacceptable. Um, so if, if, that, if that continues, then it's a sweep. Like, I, I, Milwaukee's not going to be able to sustain, like, win a game if your second and third guys are not putting up numbers. What's going to happen with Milton? We know how Milton is, man. It's like, what, he's going to, I promise you, game three, the guy's going out. If you can make a prop bet, 20 plus points, a hundred percent guarantee because he's been trashed for the first three games. So he's, he's going to go off. He's going to be like nine of 12 with 26 points. He'll give you one of those games. They might still win if they get that, but if they don't, they're in trouble, man. They're, they're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. They're in trouble. Like they have to get one of the games, right? Like um, 
actually, you know what? They have to get two. Like, I, I think if you really want to put pressure on Phoenix, you got to win the next two. And, um, yeah, like, Chris Middleton is going to have his game. I think I posted on my Twitter, like, he has a cycle where he has bad games and people think he's garbage and, like, crap. And then he has, a, like, a, a kind of, like, decent game, so they say he's underrated. And then you have one of his crazy games where he's, like, Awesome, right? And Chris Middleton oh, is like legendary, like a legendary game where he just closes the game, and you know, so I expect that to happen in, to happen in Game Three. Uh, with, with regards to Drew Holiday, I think when I watched the games, um, when he was over aggressive, he just couldn't make layups, and I think he didn't let the game come to him. I think that's what separates Bucks and the Suns. Chris Paul's like an orchestrator, and he gets everyone calm. And if you look at all the Suns. They're calm, and when they take their shots, they know their shots are coming. Um, they move the ball, um, and Bucks are doing their, you know, bud defense, you know, transition, like, rotating and trying to get to shooters. But the but, uh, Suns shooters know they're going to get their shots, right? So, like, Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, um, who else was there? Tony Craig. Like, they just know they're going to be open. So, they got to be ready to shoot it because they're going to double Booker or Paul, right? So... I don't know. I think Phoenix is a more calm team, confident team, just because of Chris Paul. Um, and I right. don't think the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks. Bucks have that in the point guard, right? I think I know Drew Holiday is a great. He's a combo guard. He's not a point guard, right? So there's no one orchestrating the Bucks offense, right? They're just three athletic guys, or like three guys that are good, great ball players, but they're not game managers. I don't know if I explained that right. Like there's no. Like, I, I understand. Like they're just expecting Giannis to you know dribble the ball up and try to you know dunk on everyone or just put the ball in, and Giannis in the post and work off that. But I don't know. Um, they have they have two games at home. I expect them to win one at least. Uh, and Giannis he scored forty, right? He scored forty two. Forty two. Yeah, he needs help. He needs someone else to step up. So one of them, Milton or Holidays, is going to step up. Um, but. Yeah, it, it's, if they don't, yeah, it's, I think Suns in four is more, it's like 50-50 right now. Like, if Suns win game three, I think they're going to win in four. I, I think it's a sweep. Right now, I feel like it's a sweep. But again, um, game three, I think Middleton's going to have a, the game of the series like he normally will. Yeah. So um, they might they might steal one there. Yeah. But the way that the Suns are going, you know, in ultimate confidence right now, um, Again, taking personality of the leader. Um, and literally, like, a lot of that roster was the same last year. It's CP3 that came in and made a difference, man. Like, he, yo, his finals debut, this guy waited 16 years to make the finals, and he dropped 32 points in his first game ever in the NBA Finals. Like, at that, at his age and the way he did it too, man, like, it was a vintage basketball performance. So many mid-range fucking pull-up jump. It was beautiful to watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, literally that team has taken on his personality and it's beautiful to see. And he's done that everywhere he's gone, right? He got New Orleans, he brought them up to playoffs and, and then he went to the Clippers. He brought that team to, you know, stability, right? Like he's the reason why that team is stable for all these years, like since 2010 to whenever he came over. Right. And then he went to, um, Houston. He got to the Western conference finals with James Harden. And injuries, man. Like he hurt his hamstring. I think that team would have had a, would have had the biggest upset ever if they beat Golden State. And um, 
And then okay, OKC, that team had no chance of making the playoffs, and he got them to the first round, right? A tie for fourth. And then now Phoenix, right? Like, he chose these guys. He could have done a different way, like go with LeBron or go with, a, like, a real contender. But no, but he went yep. to Phoenix, and he said, no, I'm going to make this a contender. Like, he knew what he needed to do. Right, like, like yo, there have been situations where I mean, Alonzo Mourning didn't even report to the Raptors. So there have been yeah. many situations where Vander gets traded to a team and just pouts. CP3 did not do that in OKC. CP3 right. did, did not do that in Phoenix. He came in and 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 for somebody that has been labeled as you know he's a little bit of a hardhead, he's just got an attitude. Uh, au contraire, look at his track record. Like, he just, he makes teams better. So, I really respect CP3. He's, uh, he's somebody I look up to a lot, and I like the way he carries himself. Uh, ambassador for the league. Um, so, it's it's great to see what they're doing right now. And it's so cool that there's not a single player that's won a title on either roster right now. That's crazy. That's a crazy stat. And that's crazy for the NBA, yeah. right? Crazy for the NBA. That's cool. It's good to see that. Like, you want to see that, because... It, you know, you always get so bored, not in a bored or tired, like you're tired of hearing, like, oh, you know, the contenders are always Lakers, Clippers, like LA, New York, like all the big major market cities, like, and it's great to see, like, these two small market teams get their chance in the spotlight, right? You get to Absolutely. see Milwaukee after all the years of getting, you know, regular season team, regular season team, even if they don't win it, like, I think they, they have to win it, like, for Jan's legacy or whatever, like you can't leave one off on the table like this. Um, but like, there's a whole fan bases of work to get here. Um, Phoenix. I think um, I think this is Giannis's best shot at a title. Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, like, I the East is not getting any easier. A healthy so, Nets team is coming. So, a hel- exactly a fully healthy Nets team uh, with with some reps in as well. So next year, look out. Um, but not just them, man. I, I think Boston's going to come back with a vengeance. Uh, New York's on the come up. ATL's going to be there. So the, this, it, the stars aligned. They, they managed to get through um, with not the most talented Bucks team that we've seen. The most talented Bucks team that I saw was the one the Raptors beat in 2019. Yeah, that I agree with you on nasty. that one. That team was nasty. This team is not that nasty. Like you, I'm watching the game. Like, wow, this roster's in the finals. But, yo, they they played the cards that they were dealt. They beat the teams that were in front of them, and this is their chance. Um, I just, it's tough because for I don't know, man. Giannis just doesn't have those like those vibes where it's like I'm just gonna like he took over the game and they still lost. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have the vibes that he's gonna be able to will his way to victory like like some yeah uh, the other players, players right like i don't think there's a, there's a gear right and i don't think he has it like i don't i don't know if he yeah i don't think he had it like not it like he's a great player and everything but like he doesn't have you know what it i think people forget it's it's a jumper like he needs to have that jumper with him right like hit jumpers consistently would help his game but he has to you know work through the post um, try to get to the foul line, which they've been, he struggles. He has to make free throws, man. Like, he's not punishing them on the other side when he gets fouled. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, we'll see in game three how it happens. But Phoenix, you know, since 1993 when Charles Barkley, like, this is their, their shot. Like, I don't see them coming back to the finals. 
You don't, eh? I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not one of those guys that say, you know, this is a young core. They could be back. No, this is your chance. You won't be back. Like you won't. <laughs> like, like in the, yeah. In, in the West, about, but yeah. I, but what, I will say this: they are going to be a perennial playoff team. Though, yes, for, I yeah, agree with you on that. Like, with CP3 or not, um, this experience that they've got this year, that swagger they're going to carry around. I think D Book's going to take a step. Aiden is underrated, like ridiculously, mm-hmm. ridiculously underrated yeah. for what he brings to that team, and he's so key. He might be the most important player on that team because they don't have a big like him, and he has to hold it down. Um, so, like, he's extremely important to that team. So, even if CP leaves, um, like, the cards would have to fall, the chips would have to fall well again, like they did this year for them to get this far. Um, but yeah, like, the, again, the West is the West, right? So, you're right, it's going to be difficult for them, but they'll, they'll be in the mix for sure. Yeah, they, yeah, okay, yeah, I can go with that. Um, I was gonna go make a take, like, they won't be in back in the finals in the next 10 years, so I'm like. These are, this is that's a bold statement. It is a bold statement, but like these organizations work so hard to make it make it here. So I don't know. Someone has to take, you know, take the what's the thing, the moment, right? Take hold of the moment and yeah. try to win it. it so it, this is where legacies are built. Like you could be, a, you can be a hero in your city. Like Booker could be a hero in a city if they get a championship, like Chris Paul and them, or will it be Giannis? Right. So that's what's on the line. <laughs> I see, that's how I see it. Um, Agreed. All right. So, yeah, game three goes Sunday at, I think, 8, eight o'clock, I believe. So, that, your earliest start. Two many days off between games, by the way. It's pissing me off. I think that's just NBA trying to, you know, build hype of travel days and all that stuff and give Giannis probably some rest. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like we're back in Milwaukee at 8 p.m. tomorrow, you know, with Deer, Deer District, a little. Um, that that's pretty big, huh? like how they have it with the fans outside the stadium. But um, that that place is gonna be the rocking. Deer District. Hey, you know, everyone I, has copied I, the uh, Weedon North. You know that, so <laughs> agreed. Um, and you know what? I um, mimicry is the highest form of uh, flattery, right? Flattery. So uh, you know, people saw what we started all those years ago, and uh, now they're replicating it. Um, it it. Fair enough, you know what I'm saying? Good for them, but it's not going to have the same vibe. It's not going to have the same vibe. It's never going to have the same vibe as, like... You don't have Drake, okay? Take it easy. Like, it's a joke. It's Milwaukee. Yeah, it's Milwaukee. And you don't have, like, um, uh, Messiah saying, F Brooklyn. Like, your guy, your GM will never say that. So, (laughs) because we got, like... Greed. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Um, so NBA Finals always has other storylines, just like any uh, uh, great product, right? Uh, we have the Rachel Nichols, Mary uh, Taylor ESPN story happening. A little background about it. Um, uh, last year in the bubble, Rachel Nichols was caught on camera or caught on audio, I believe, about speaking to LeBron James's confidant or one of his agents, I believe. And um, about who's uh who's a white guy? Who's a white guy? Um, let me find out the name one second. But she was ta- discussing the, um her relationship with ESPN and who's hosting the NBA Finals uh during um the bubble um and during that you know the Black Lives 
um, with everything that's going on in America, the Black Lives Movement and George Floyd, um, ESPN decided to go with Maria Taylor, the host, right? And Rachel Nichols, to sum it up, just said, you know what, you can do that anywhere else, but just not here in my moment, right? Like my, my position or my, in my job function, right? Like I should be hosting the NBA Finals based on my credentials. Like I work earned it, basically. So it sounded like you can have diversity, but not here. Or it felt like it just diversity higher for the NBA Finals. Like I don't know what you thought on about this, but I just felt like you know, since Rachel Nichols is such a like she's such a voice of the NBA with her show The Jump, and she has. Um, Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, Kendrick Perkins, you know, Richard Jefferson and all like those personalities that work with her. She's given jobs to all these players, but it's like if it doesn't relate to her, she's all for it. But if it does relate to her, then she's like, Not not me. I'm avoiding it. So I showed like her trying to show her like her privilege a bit. But I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, Shai? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um my thoughts on that well um basically if we were to summarize a white person is saying that a black person only got a position because she's black and that it's exhausting to deal with uh, all the social justice movements that i'm sorry that it's exhausting that uh, you guys are racist okay that's exhausting shut the hell up Uh, screw espn Yo, bro, it would have been okay if she didn't come out with that horseshit apology on Monday. Yeah, it was bad. It was I, just I don't even... want to take away. I don't want to take away from the NBA Finals and make this about me. Well, you wouldn't have had to if you weren't a racist bitch. I'm sorry to say, that was some. That was BS. I can't believe she's so like. That's not okay, bro. Um, that's not okay. That uh, see, that's an issue that I would say somebody should be penalized for making a statement like that. Like I'm so, it's so exhausting having to deal with all this social justice. Really? eh? You know, it's exhausting being a colored person in this world. That's exhausting. That's yeah. truly exhausting. That is. Come on. Like, it, unbelievable. like it is unbelievable because I think Maria Taylor has like a, like she has a accomplished career. Like she's been doing like football, basketball for a long time so it wasn't i don't think it was a diversity hire i think more so espn made the like you know dumb bonehead move where it's like we want to be we want to focus on the black community or like the black um like movement right and let's put a black let's have a black facing first host there right i think rachel nichols um that she should have just i don't know she shouldn't have said that like she should understand the moment. And um, I know it hurts. Like, you know, I think a lot of people say this is that you might work your ass off, but you won't get that job. Like you might be passed over with someone who has less credentials. It's just the way it is. Right. Like in every, every day of life. Right. Right. Shai? Like that's what's going to happen. Agreed. So I didn't, I don't think Rachel Nichols should be like uh, jilted or whatever. I don't know what like slighted it, but. I guess he did. I think she works hard, and then she tried to use that. I'm also a part of a uh, underprivileged group, or um, um, I guess it's like she's saying she's a woman in the sports industry, which is fair. But Maria Taylor is a woman and person of color, 
So don't try to demean her by saying that she was a diversity hire. Uh, Do not, um, you know, exactly demean her skills and all the work that she would have had to do to get to that position, right? You're saying that she only got it because she's black. You maybe only got the job because you're white. How about that? Right. Okay. Take it easy with that nonsense. Right. She's the only one person with two black, like, uh, basketball players, right? So they had to, like, diversify their – she's like – that's in her show, right? Um, yeah, and then I think uh, Maria Taylor is being offered $3 million to stay at ESPN, um, but she's also getting other offers. So I think Maria Taylor is going to leave ESPN, and I think ESPN is like, it's a building that has horrible record of diversity. So, And also, also our boy LeBron, who's a social justice warrior. So somebody that's really close to you is sitting there saying that, uh, oh, it's really exhausting with this black... And you're going to, you haven't made a comment about it at all. You're just trying to stay out of it. But you can't pick and choose. Let's see. I don't know. Has he made a statement? Because I haven't heard one yet. So no, his he, boy he is wouldn't. saying the Black Lives Matter movement is really, really exhausting. And he hasn't made a statement yet. Come on. Like, this is a big statement. Like, this is a big thing for NBA. But, like, you know, he had to keep his relationships, right? all about relationships but you're, right? but you're also something that like you were fighting all for you know like uh i can't mm. t-shirts and always fight. why are you quiet right now i don't understand this should, this should be a trigger for you this is a big moment right like if you want like nba is predominantly black right and having a black host would be such a great thing for the game um uh, and a person that earned it right like she earned that right to have it so, and that's why I don't know why, not just LeBron, but any of the other NBA players have spoken about it. Like, I'm not going to, like, I know LeBron is a big, like, always been the face of it, but where's the other guys that are big on it? Um, yeah, like, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, topic to go about, like, in terms of, like, workplace environment and how people go against uh, yep. for promotions and stuff like their jobs, right? Like, how, People are selected in general. Um, and yeah, this goes back to systematic racism. And like it's in, it's in everywhere, right? In your corporation, in your organizations. So um, yeah, just how, how it was, whatever the outcomes on this is, will show how you navigate it in the future. Um, well, it, it, I'm, I'm just shocked um, at how it's been handled. Um, leaked last weekend and Monday she makes her statement and then it's kind of just back to normal right um I, man that 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 one bothers me a lot that one really bothers me a oh lot. It, it, yeah it bothered me a lot I think um yeah and like the only person punished was the Kayla Johnson uh the producer at ESPN for um received a two-week suspension for sending Nichols a video to Taylor so she got suspended for sending it to Taylor so, Not for the action, but for spreading the news. Yeah. For whistleblowing, so basically. Basically, what corporations are saying is like, yo, keep it quiet. Bad things yeah. are happening, just keep it quiet. That's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and the LeBron, oh, yeah. Longtime LeBron James advisor, Adam Medelson, during a 30 second open of a daily show. So, yeah, not sure. Um, we'll move on from this topic, but we'll see what happens with Rachel Nichols. And I'm pretty sure nothing will happen. Because since she's just a big force in NBA culture right now, uh, with her shoulder jump and she has so many, like, 
Yeah, that's the main show right now. According to ESPN. There's many other great shows out there. Um, so moving on from this topic, we're going to move to what do we have? Oh, we're st- sticking with basketball. We're sticking with our kids. The Canadian men's national basketball. Uh, so we'll first start with the senior team. They had a chance um, the start of the month to qualify for the Olympics in Japan, right? It's the last chance qualifying tournament. There are six teams in this division, uh, three on each side, three on the other side. Um, and basically Canada beat China and Greece in the qualifying round uh, to set up a matchup with the Czech Republic. And it was... I don't know how to say it, but a struggle, a downright, like they struggled to show any consistency and like any flow in that game. And they, they made it a game of it, uh, forcing it to overtime with the Czech Republic, but um, it shows the flaws of this roster right now. Um, They had, I think this is the most NBA talent on one of these rosters with Wiggins and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Corey Joseph, um, Trey Lyles. Um, who else was there? Eight NBA players. On, yeah, eight NBA. Yeah, and, and they had some other guys like you know, um, yeah, uh, Nick, guys, Nick, guys. Andrew Nicholson, Anthony Bennett, former NBA players. But like, yep, yep. Um, they, yeah, they were missing some key players. They just couldn't get over the hump against Czech's big men. Like those Czech's big men are like big, like big guys, like Nikola Petrovic type guys. Like if you know whoever I'm talking about, like big. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! Like Arbitus bonus, like big European big men that just could they have girth. That's a few things. Okay, sure. Size is one thing. Um, for me, more so, you know, that Czech team has literally played together for yeah. years. Years, right? Uh, Canada did not even have any warm up. There was no pre, uh, you know, preseason games or pre tournament yeah. games. So you, get- um, you threw these guys together. They ain't never played together before. Um, that was literally the third game, and you got exposed. Uh, it was unfortunate. Opportunities were there. There were some bad calls, fair enough, but it shouldn't have came down to that. Uh, amazing comeback in that last minute. Yeah, I it shows it was the pride, nine yeah. points in 53 seconds. That was some Reggie Miller shit right there. That was cool. We were up by five in overtime. We could have closed it out. We did it. But I think with the guys that are there in the NBA, the NBA players that were on this roster – they're going to remember this loss and they're going to come back and they're going to talk to the other guys and be like, yo, that's not acceptable. We need to do better. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to 2024. Again, this is still the start of the greatest era of this right here, that loss. I know it's painful, but this is the start of the greatest era of Canadian basketball. And it's just going to continue to grow and grow. It's, it's going to be a one-way street now, man. Like, Canada basketball is going to be a absolute unit. It's going to be a machine that's churning up absolute beasts for years to come. And this is the absolute groundwork. Uh, sometimes you got to go through losses before you win. And it sucks. It sucks that we're not going to be there, but that's okay. Um, the future is super bright, and I cannot wait to follow it. I totally agree with you. I think we've been halted a couple times getting qualifying for a playoff. I think... Uh, 2016, we lost in the 2015 um, qualifiers on a bogus FIBA call, like a, uh, I guess, a, a non-existent call on Olnik in the last seconds. And then in, I think Uruguay went on a free throw, right? So, and then we have this loss of Czechoslovakia where, you know, Sadoransky hit that big shot. I think 
all these things are just building toward the future. I think the golden era starts now, and I agree with you on that. Even though a lot of uh, Canadian media keeps saying this is the golden era basketball. Well, I think it's a formulation, right? Like we have first round picks. We have some more players getting into the NBA. So we're getting, we're building our, I guess our pool of players. And then we're also getting traction exactly. of people, we're getting traction of people that want to compete for Canada, right? I think beforehand, yep. uh, it was so hard to get people to play for Canada. Like I think back then, Steve Nash was the only one. Jamal Mugler never played. He didn't like the coaching. Like he didn't like, the, like I think there was some sort of, I guess some sort of uh, like bias against Rift. like, like yeah. I don't know what before, like you had Leo Rollins coaching Jay Triano and they had their own well, type of, type so of way of picking players, them. right? The way that um, Team Canada in terms of hockey was treated compared to Team Canada basketball, like the funding, not even comparable. Oh, right? not even comparable, yeah. Um, yeah, so Paul Jones was saying the other day that uh, they were the team was treated world class from start to finish. They had, um, you know, out of uh, not on the court team events, and there was bonding and like people are putting money into this program now, and that's going to make a big difference, man. That's going to make a huge difference. These guys are these guys are NBA players now. Treat them the way they need should be treated, right? Right. It, it's Freedom. cool if they come out for you. So if you want them to represent you, make it worth their while. I I understand that they earn the right. We got a program. We want to showcase our best talent. Make it, uh, you know, um, inviting for the top talent to want to be there. Yeah, definitely. And I also think coaching is also a great aspect of this. I think to have Nick Nurse, and I think Nick Nurse is a great coach. So, um, give him he he will get them back. Like he give them some, uh, like a summer camp or something. Once they get their rotations and like culture built, I think twenty twenty four we're meddling. Um, and I think, yeah, they'll be ready for 2024. And I think um, um, based on the under-19 team currently, they're going to have some couple more guys in this in this program coming up. Um, and also, you have to remember, Jamal Murray didn't play. And I think that Jamal Murray is probably... She, Jamal yeah, Murray. Yeah, like, that, dude, that's a real backcourt, right? Like, like that's I'm the saying they're going to be at the prime of their career in four years. Like, that, like that's... It's going to be amazing. Um, so just look forward. Like, this team is going to be nice. I just hope they all uh, – I hope they make efforts to get together and play together one way or the other, whether it be friendlies or whatever it is. Man, yeah, Drew League some or something, summer, or summer league, right? Exactly, so like, exactly. Like, do that, um, and that will go a long way, man. Spending that time on court goes a long way. Because it's hard to just come together, man. Like, everybody has different play styles, and then you just get together for, like, this two-week tournament. Yeah. And it's difficult, man. It's not easy. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to understand how people play, um, understand tendencies, what their favorite plays are, what should we run, uh, given the personnel that we have. All this takes time. And we, you know, we haven't – Team Canada's basketball program, we don't have that cohesiveness yet. So – that is going to come, um, and I really think this loss, man, we will look back at that loss as a seminal moment because uh, I think everybody that's a part of this program looked at it, and it hurt, and we're going to remember that for a long time. But that's also going to be the reason why people come back and be like, we got to avenge that loss. we got, we got to take care of some business and make a statement. So I think it will be, in the long run, a blessing. Definitely. And I also want to give a shout-out for the guys that still represent Canada when the NBA players didn't come out. Um, like Anthony Bennett and like the other uh, NBA D League players that came out, right? So they, they held it down when nobody 
was able to come like throughout those qualifier tournaments to get into this qualifying tournament. Right. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see how they do in the next, what, three years, right? 2024 Paris. Correct. Uh, so uh, moving on from Team Canada basketball, we go to Tennis Canada. I know uh, me and Shai are big tennis fans. Um, uh, this week, this past Good month. Football. Huh? This past week, uh, we... Can you pause yeah. for a sec, bro? Oh, yeah. Somebody's ranked doorbell. Into it. Yeah, back at it. So tennis Canada. Um, so Wimbledon usually happens on June, but it's in July because of right. It usually happens in June. I think. Uh, no, it, no, no? Th- this is this is, is this correct date. This is okay, okay. Yeah, Sorry. it's always at the end. COVID has ruined my schedule <laughs> thing. But yeah, so um, yeah, we had two Canadians in this bracket, right? In this men's bracket. And Shai, you can go yeah. ahead and give your insights because you followed it more closely than I did. Um, yeah. Uh, well, li- listen, Tennis Canada, I can say everything I said about basketball Canada, Canada basketball, you can say about Tennis Canada. Like, yeah, um, it start. it really started with Milos. I mean, if you go to like old school Daniel Nestor as, as a doubles player. Nestor and uh, Sebastian LaRue. <laughs> uh, correct. Um, and then, you know, Mil- Milos raised the bar, started winning some titles. I got to the Wimbledon final, lost there, but yeah, uh, injuries always was a big part of him, uh, a big issue for him. But yo, like P- M- Milos is a talent. Like that serve is one of the greatest we've ever seen. Uh, and then after that, you're looking at like Chapo and Felix, twenty-two and twenty. Like people, Chapo people have been Chapo people have been down on Chapo, but he's because he's been. It feels like he's been around for a long time. Because he's been playing since he was so long. Because they won the junior Wimbledon. Twenty-two. You know what I'm saying? Like right. twenty-two. So he, I promise you, this is a guarantee. He will win Wimbledon. That's his best surface. Um, uh, he he plays really well on grass and hard court. I yeah. don't know if he was ever gonna do well at the French. I think Felix's game is better suited for the French. But I personally, I feel I, watching the two of them, temperament-wise, I think yeah. Felix is a little bit better suited. For the game of tennis, you need to be able to manage your emotions mm-hmm. uh, in high-stress situations. And Chapo thus far uh, has not shown that control. And Felix, as a 20-year-old, already has that. And he's still physically maturing. So we haven't even seen the best of Felix yet. I'm, we haven't seen the best of Chapo yet either. Yep. If Chapo can figure, his, thing, figure his, his mind out, be able to be more calm and, and controlled, okay. uh, bright future, man. Um, and then and I got to shout out Bianca too. Like what Bianca did a couple of years ago, like I, I hope injuries don't derail that career because that girl has the potential to win like 15 majors. When she was healthy in 2018 or 19, whatever that year was, she went on those runs, man. She won. She won Indian Wells. She won Rogers Cup at home. And then she went and won the U.S. Open. This girl's a stud. Yeah, she's 100% a 100% legend. Yeah. So I just hope injuries don't derail it. That would be the only thing that's going to hold her back. But yes, again, Canada, Canada, Tennis Canada is on the up and up. It's a up beautiful up. time to be a fan. And Kayla Fernandez is another one, another one up too. Um, yeah. She's going to be a stud too, and she's very young. So we got a lot of talent on both sides. And definitely, and I think um, since we're going up and up, and uh, since we're like a, a, we're two individuals that like to go travel a lot, like U.S. Open. Is coming in September. I don't know. They probably let fans in, um, but um, 
is a great place. I think maybe I don't know if they're having the Rogers Cup this year. I'm not sure, but like get out and swatch these guys and support them. Like this is you get in you this is your chance to get on that, you know, that bandwagon from the start of their careers, right? Shy? Like Correct. this could this Correct. could be like, you know, how we are with Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. Like we, we watched them grow. Like from yo, I so Roger Federer, one of the most important moments that nobody even remembers is at the Rogers Cup when he was really young. He lost a match, he ran off the court crying, and yep. that was the turning point in his career. So, Toronto is very important to him in his career because of that. Um, that was when he was young, and he and again, like Chapel, hard to mm. control his emotions. The Roger that everybody knows that you see now, it was not the Roger that came in. At starting, no, man. Exactly. Um, so I love seeing that uh, maturation process. And that, you're right. Like, it, we're so lucky. If, you, if you're getting on board with Bianca, Felix, and Chapeau, like, man, what a time to be a fan. Like, what a time. Like, I think that as a sports fan, this is why we're so, like, uh, have relationships with these people like because we see them grow from like their early years to their end like they, we see the whole career arc so this is your chance for tennis canada and you know what another like cool fact is that um we have in the finals we have Djokovic and uh Bertini, right so dennis lost to Djokovic, was in the finals and felix lost to Bertini in the quarters so it they didn't lose like they lost to the finalists so that shows how close they are. Um, oh, the, and, and, and this is all a part of the process, man. Like, I, I love that Chapo left the court crying. That shows me that he mm-hmm. cares. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one day when, when, he, when he breaks through and he makes that final and potentially wins, you know, he's going to remember that day when he lost to Djokovic. Because, yo, it was a three-set match. He lost in straight sets. But he was right there, especially in that first set, man. Oh man, he could have had that. He could have had that. So, um, we're right there. And like again, twenty-two and twenty, and Bianca's like twenty-one or twenty-two too. So like, Kayla Fernandez is seventeen or eighteen. It's crazy. Like, we're gonna have a several. We're gonna have a nice ten, twelve-year window of of high-level tennis. And and I think because of the level of tennis that we have that's being showcased as Canadians, we're gonna see more kids getting into it as well, which is amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I love tennis. I know I find it grueling to play at all. <laughs> like, it's, it takes so much out of you, right? And you have hand-eye coordination, running a bit. It's Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Australian Open final, five hours and 50-something minutes in the Australian heat. Yep. Okay? That is a marathon of marathons. And these guys were going... At it. You had you had games that were 30 shots deep. Like that match was a marathon. So the, the stamina that these guys have, like you man, you gotta appreciate what they're doing out there. It's yeah. not easy. And try tennis, man. Like try it. And then you'll understand how what these guys go through. Correct. But I also want to point out congratulations to Ashley Barty for winning the Wimbledon single side. Yeah. She's number one ranked player. And she followed yep. through with a championship. So yeah, congratulations. We're starting her. Yeah, she won this morning, actually. Yeah, usually Saturday mornings are for Wimbledon lady finals. And um, yeah, usually yeah. I always used to, growing up, I always used to watch Serena. Because one of the Williams sisters would be in here. Of course. Right? Of um, course they were. Uh, but yeah, we're entering a new era in women's tennis. So get on, Andrea. Uh, no. Nah. Well, sorry. 
in, Bianca. In, in Bianca, not Andrea, <laughs> Bianca. And Kayla Fernandez, Kayla yes. Fernandez as well. Yep. All right. So moving on from Tennis Canada, we're going to go to our beloved uh, Blue Jays. Um, the lone team here, up here, Blue Jays, you know, entering uh, All-Star break. Uh, this is the last series before the All-Star break. Um, they sit at um, 44 and 41, three and a half games out of the wild card. Um, and they any and they have four All-Stars, right? Um, four All-Stars, yeah. Right? Vladdy Guerrero becomes the youngest player, I believe, to be voted in. To be, to lead. <laughs> to lead, to lead the votes. All voting, yeah. yeah that, that's crazy. That, he's having a, a great, uh, like, MVP level year. Um, he deserves it. We have Marcus Simeon playing second base. Um, and we have Tess, hey, Oscar, uh, hey, Oscar Hernandez. Hernandez playing outfield. Like that's three all-star elected starters in the American league. And we're not even like a, like a top team. Like we're not in leading a division or anything like that. Um, if we, um, if we, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to say we all the games that we blew because of relievers, we should have won. I think it's over 10 or 12 games now. Yeah. But if we had half of those games, we are 10 games over 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changes everything. We're more than 10 games over 500. So we're, we're right in the mix for the division. Um, so yeah. it's, off, I've, it's really disappointing that with this offense that will be spoken about years to come, like this, this lineup, it's not fair. This lineup is not fair, man. Like, bro, the four guys with 50 RBS before the all-star break. Like that, that's not normal. You don't have four people that have over 50 RBS on a line in the lineup. There's teams that don't have a single person with over 50 RBS right now in the league. And we have four of them. And Tioscar is at 47 or 48 right now. So he can get there in the next two games. That uh, this lineup is, I feel like it's being wasted, unfortunately, because of this lackluster pitching. There's been a lot of injuries and stuff, and I can accept that. Uh, but man, like I heard the Nelly Cruz rumors. Okay, listen, I get you add another bat, that's cool. Does that push the needle in any way? No, Nelly Cruz does not push. In fact, Nelly Cruz would hurt a lineup because no lineup flexibility, he has to be DH. So now you can't rotate guys through that DH position like we've been doing. So it does not help us to get Nelly Cruz. Like the lineup's beautiful. You got Springer as an addition, as a free agent addition. Cool. Get me some pitching. I want me a one A. Right, Ryu. He's not. A, he's not an ace to me. He never will be after what he did last year. I don't want to pitch game one. You're a bitch. You're if you. You're an hmm. ace. You're our ace. You want to take the ball. That ball's mine, and I'm pitching nine. I don't care what happens with the outcome. I'm going to be the one that is a determining factor in this game. That's what my ace is supposed to say. Yeah. Ryu is not an ace. We don't have an ace on this, in this pitching rotation. I know the game changing. It doesn't matter about ace no more. You just need to pitch five innings. And then uh, the analytics say we should get to our bullpen after the second time to the order. Eat shit. You're always going to need a stud ace pitcher. So go get me one. I don't care. We have so many assets in the minor leagues right now. Go use them. Like we're there. We're right there. The division's ours for the taking if we add a couple pieces here on the pitching side because this lineup, man, is absolutely ludicrously good. Like, it's unreal how good it is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, so it's, always been with the, it's always been with this with the Jays, right? It's either we have great pitching, lack of scoring, or great hitting, but lack of pitching, right? Like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's catch-22 with this team, right? So, um. 
I hope they go out and find a pitcher. But like, when I listen on Fan Five Ninety the other day, it's like on JD uh, the Good Show is like, do you go out and get a pitcher right now early in the process? Right, like they have player control for I think the next four or five years of these players of this core. Like, do you go go for it now, or do you wait and let them groom for a bit? Like that's a question that that front office is probably think asking themselves, right? Mark Shapiro and Atkins. Um, but well, for me, there's 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 zero guarantee that you have this level of production from this many people in the lineup. Again, I would love to say that it's guaranteed that Bo and Vlad or Tiasco are going to do this for the next several years, yep. but there's no guarantee of that. There's so no we're, guarantee, we're, man. We're clicking right now. Go make it happen, and we have the assets, and we got the money. Like. If you need to take on a bad contract so that you get an asset, which they did, yo. I respect what they did with that trade uh, for um, the guy they got from uh, Miami. We had to take on a uh, an outfielder, Dickerson, yeah, because uh, they didn't want him, and it was a salary dump for them. And we so use your assets. You have you don't money's not an issue for you. If you have to take on bad contracts, so be it. But this can be an extremely special season. I promise you that. Um, so I, I want to go for it right now, man, because this is insane. This level of productivity we're getting, you got to maximize it. You got to take advantage. And we're actually getting decent, like, for our like our secondary starting pitching is better than I expected. Robbie Ray, who I absolutely shot all over last year, mm-hmm. he's shut me up. He had the most strike. He had 113 strikeouts to his first 15 starts. The only other Blue Jays to ever do that was Roger Clemens in 1997. That's extremely exclusive um, you know, company, company yeah. be in, uh, and that was unexpected from him. So, uh-huh. you know, we're getting that kind of production from your back end guys, like your, your lower level starting pitchers. I, we don't, we need that one, a to pump in game one of the playoffs, the ball's going to him. You know what I'm saying? We don't have that. Ryu is not that guy. Oh yeah. We don't uh, have that so guy. Yeah. You got, that's what I need right now. Like even with the relievers, a uh, couple of trades they've made, we're getting healthier again. Our guys are coming back, so the, the the back end might be okay, but I still think we need one horse. You need a horse in the playoffs. Yeah, and the next two months are really crucial for that. Like, I think you got to make a decision and see. Yeah, like at, at the end of the two months, you'll see where you are in that final stretch run in September, right? Um, exactly. You're nine games out of first, three and a half out of wild card. You're in, you're in the hunt, so... Um, yeah, this is a huge series. They 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 gotta they gotta like you gotta win the next two. We're you gotta win the series. Back, you gotta right? win the series. You gotta right? win the series. So yeah, um, need to win today and tomorrow. Yeah, and the last all star is Bo Bichette. So congratulations for these four guys. My uh, putting putting Blue Jays back on the map, right? Like yep. The be the process is coming through, right? <laughs> Our process. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it was a pretty, if you really think about it, man, it was really a pretty quick turnaround. It was, right? We were in the playoffs, and five years later, we're here right now. So that's and they got uh, some playoffs pretty experience. impressive. They got some playoff experience last year in the uh, in expanded uh, playoffs, yeah, I know. If you but can it's, call that. It's still experience, I, that's right? That's a joke. I know I it's a joke. So. But I you're going, because so. they went up against the World Series uh, AL champions, right? Tampa Bay. So I Correct. still think it's experience. Like, if it was a crappy crappier team like a inferior team then okay whatever it doesn't count really but you're going against tampa bay who really like put the like showed yeah, what the difference the, is right solid team for sure um yeah i just you know like i know that 
the thing with baseball, man, like you pay a hundred, like, well, again, last year was very unique. 60, 60 games, games, right? So that's I can't fine. put it. I, I just, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, that's a playoff team. Like this is our first real year where everybody, everything's going well. It's a full season. Yeah. Um, if we can sneak, we would be a wildcard team for sure. I don't see us winning the division. We're too far back. Nine I games will, is extre- like massive. That's what I'm following the wildcard race. Um, but yeah, I'm, Jays could possibly be back in Toronto in end of July Let's or August. Not. And hopefully, go. let me see what they are saying. Jays uh, tickets. Um, yeah, they could be back. So keep your eyes out open for that. Um, so moving on from the Blue Jays, um, we have towards the end of our show, we're going to talk about the Euro Cup and Copa America. The Euro Cup finals is tomorrow against, um, we have the countries, England and Italy, I believe, right? So, um, I guess a good, a good two, three weeks of soccer or football, as the purists will call it. And I don't know, I haven't been following this whole Euro Cup. I've been following a couple games. Uh, apparently, England had a crazy game against Denmark. Um, yeah, I, if I'm I'm just gonna go blind pick, I'm gonna pick Italy because I've been watching Tony Soprano recently, so I'm gonna go with the Italians. So I can't give you any analysis other than that. Yeah, um, I'm going. Well, listen. First of all, why do why does England keep saying it's coming home? You ain't never won no Euro Cup ever, so how's it coming home? Okay, take it easy with that nonsense. I think they think uh, it's the birthplace of uh, soccer, football. Oh, uh, they like think the, it's the birthplace yeah. of eat shit. The birthplace of everything, right? Your fan. <laughs> eat a, I got no time for England, no time. Yeah. But yeah, you got to stop with that nonsense. You, you have you want one for you to say that, oh, it's coming. How is it coming home when you never won one? Take it yeah. easy with that nonsense. But Italy is a far superior team. Uh, so it, I think it, well, again, the games need to be played, so... We'll see what happens, but um, I I really hope that Italy slaps England all over the goddamn field. Screw them! I want to I want to see them lose and, and suffer even more. A loss in the finals for England would be equivalent to when LeBron loses in the finals. I take a lot of satisfaction in it. I'd feel really happy tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I would take. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Matt, yeah, let's go. Let's go. We'll go with Italy. We're cheering for Italy tomorrow, guys. <laughs> um, Anybody, and then but and then little Italy is about to go explode in St. Clair, right? So, um, yeah, like yeah, enjoy it. Hit out a patio, go see it. Um, and the other soccer event happening this weekend is the Copa America. I believe it's Argentina versus Brazil. Brazil. Copa America. Yeah, another night. One goat versus another. Uh, credible star, right? Messi versus Neymar. Neymar. Right? I think Neymar's up there. Huh? Um, but yeah, like this could be the final, like this could be Messi's moment finally reaching for the national team by winning this, right? Like he's been, he's been like so close so many times, right? With the national team. Like he has a carry. I feel like Messi is like Giannis trying to carry Greece to a championship. It's just that but Giannis, is not, but Giannis is not the GOAT. Like, Messi is the GOAT. So, like, I'm like, he's arguably the GOAT, right? Him and Ronaldo. But... Yeah. Greatest like, of his, like, one of the greatest of his generation, for sure. Yes. But 
Yeah, like him carrying Argentina to the World Cup final, I think it was 2014. Yeah. Uh, w- crazy. They had no business being there. Like, um, but Messi carried them. Like, he carries a lot of weight on his shoulder nationally. And, and that soccer pride, it, I understand now. It, it's a, like it, they're heavy about that, you know, in those countries. So, um, yeah, if he can win this, it'd be big for him for sure, for his legacy. Yeah, definitely. Like, add to his already uh, impressive uh, resume. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, something to watch. Um, Let me see. The odds are for Argentina to win full-time result is you bet 100 bucks. You bet 100 bucks today, Shai, you'll win 380 bucks. So, 280. 280 is the line on Bet365 right now. So, wow. They're the underdogs. So, yeah. And then regarding Italy, full-time result. Uh, let me get this down. Yeah, you bet Italy for a full-time result to beat England is three hundred and ten bucks. So they're the underdogs. England is the underdog. No, Italy is the underdog. English is remember England is coming home. They're the favorite. <laughs> that's what the you know betters are telling you right now. Uh, so that's another well, good. That probably see, that seems like a good bet to me then. Right. So um, yeah, if you're a betting person, go on and check it. Um, but yeah, this pretty much wraps up our show today. Uh, we covered many topics. Um, yeah, Shai, like any other final statements you want to say to about heading into the our sporting weekend? Big weekend for sports. We got Conor McGregor tonight as well with Poirier. Um, so a lot going on. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Yeah, and this could be Connor's tail end of his career, right? Like Connor is, uh, like he used to always been a big personality, but like this could be the end. Like I think it's the end of his prime um, against Poirier. So I say enjoy it. Well, you like, know the thing with um, combat sports, man. Like connor's got like a hundred million dollars in the bank does he really want to go punch yeah, in the face like yeah your motivation goes away which is understandable you know what i mean um you can't stay motivated or why would you like why would you put yourself through that that's that's rough but um you know the ufc works in a way where connor could lose today and still get a title match or if he wins today then he gets you know what i'm saying like that's just the way it goes his name recognition is always going to be there but this is not the connor the like peak connor 2016 times yeah and not it's not him anymore. Um, so we'll see what we get today. You know what I mean? Um, Cause it, it, I, I just love his, I love his personality. I love how big it, his personality is. Yeah. Uh, it's great for you. That's amazing. Like it's, it's great, great for you. That's what, that's what brought us in all those years. Like I think 2010 to Agreed. 2020 was the greatest time in UFC history. Cause this will go yeah. down as their golden era because we were so pulled in by the personality. Spoiled. Right. Yo, right? And yo, they had talent. Like, Talent yeah, right. Personality as well. Chael Sonnen, man, not yeah. the greatest fighter, but he talks so much. So much crap. And that's, what <laughs> that's what you loved about him. And then you had like the Anderson Silvas <laughs> and the GSPs of the world. Definitely, that was the golden era of UFC. I think that they've um, there's too many UFC cards right now. They yeah. need to scale back and then you know really ramp up the quality of the cards. Right. I think they should go. Like, I think la- last time it used to be always like every month, I believe, or every... Even quarterly, man. 
quarterly, like build up a fight, have a, like your own Showtime event, right? Like they used to. They used to have. Like, I remember exactly. Brock Lesnar used to be on like Showtime and their, you know, that documentary, like getting ready for the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. You gotta hype it so up. So sick. And they had so uh, sick. Well, Ultimate Fighter, right? That built it up. Like the two fighters had their own teams, and they're about yeah, to go exactly. fight. Like you gotta go. I think they they brought it back, Ultimate Fighter, but you gotta go bring it back to that. Um, but yeah, like. Yeah, this sporting weekend, enjoy your weekend and like watch NBA's tomorrow. There's no hockey, watch some Blue Jays, you know, and uh, yeah, enjoy the Euro Cup tomorrow. I think that'll be a good game. Uh, be a part of that culture, uh, football culture, and learn the game. Uh, but yeah, that's all we had today on the Gopal and Shalajan podcast. Um, have a great weekend, folks. Peace. Thank you for joining us, guys.